Hello listeners, watchers, fans and subscribers of the SDR Disco Call Show. If you're a returning guest or if this is your first time, this show is all about sales development and helping people that are brand new to the role in industry, learning from great minds and people. And I'm your host, Neil Buyan. And if you're listening to this on our podcast platform, such as Spotify and Apple, make sure that you subscribe and give us a rating. And equally, if you're watching this on YouTube, please make sure that you like, comment and subscribe below to help it get out there to other people. Now, with today's guest, I've got a lot of confidence on bringing this person on board. And this is somebody that I met earlier this year at an event. And I've been seeing this person going through the ranks and coming into the world of tax sales. So I reached out to this person and said, hey, do you want to come on my podcast, bro? And he was like, hell yeah. So let's do it. So Gez, could you please introduce yourself? Who are you, sir? So yeah, my name is Alex and I'm an account exec with Sales Confidence. Boom. Thank you very much and welcome aboard, Alex. So you're an account executive at Sales Confidence. Could you tell us at a high level, Alex, who is and what is Sales Confidence? So Sales Confidence is, uh, the best terms, is a membership for salespeople. Uh, and in that membership, we help people all the way from SDR up to sales leader develop themselves. I love it. So would I have it right? It's kind of like a, a community for SaaS salespeople, be it SDRs, AEs, etc. Is that right? Precisely that. Yeah, exactly. I love it. And when you say help, because this could be interesting for people listening into the show, what sort of help and support do you give those people, Alex? Yeah. So unlike a, a, a wider view of it, we help uh, salespeople who want to develop. And that might be someone that's kind of, you know, struggling within their role, brand new to their role, or already got bags of experience, but they want to be like the best of the best. Um, so, you know, with all those categories of people, that's that, you know, that's who we help. And the way that we do that is we kind of, you know, we, we have our events, networking. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, connectivity, bringing people together. Um, we also have something called uh, an accountability group. That's my favorite mm-hmm. part of the membership. This is mm-hmm. where we put, let's say, for example, you're a, a sales VP, mm-hmm. you've got bags of experience, but you, you want to carry on developing. Um, you maybe tried some of the more traditional methods in the past and uh, not, not found them too, um, too helpful or a bit dry. Um, so the idea of this one is we we put you together with other, you know, if you're a, if you're a VP of sales, we put you together with maybe nine other VPs of sales, mm. and uh, you know we will kind of instigate a discussion where mm. you can bring some stuff that you want to work on, develop at, you know, learn about, get better at, um, and harness the kind of experience of those other sales VPs, mm-hmm. gain insight from them, and help you grow and develop in in areas that they've got more experience in. I freaking love that, dude. That's a, a close-knit family idea and bringing mm. all those minds together. That's freaking awesome. And I have to kind of give a bit of a co-sign to sales confidence because truth be told, I've known about you guys for many a year, but it wasn't until this year that I actually attended one of your events. It was an SDR and BDR event because that's my bag. I'm not really a person that goes to sales leadership events because mm. I just don't want to, simply put. But to be honest, dude, when I went in uh, up London in town, the way you guys with James and everyone bringing it all together, I was like, yeah, this shit rocks. I love it. It's freaking awesome. All right, cool. So we'll come in on to sales confidence a bit more later on. But uh, for our listeners and watchers out there, Alex, whereabouts in the world are you based and outside of sales? What do you like to get up to? What's in your bag? Yeah, cool. So I'm, I'm, I'm in North London, uh, kind of Haringey area. Love it. Uh, love it. North yeah. Weezy. Good man. Yeah. <laughs> um, outside of work. Uh, I'm a I'm a self-proclaimed bedroom DJ, so, uh, so, so very much just a hobby. Um, okay, 
you know, I've played at like a couple of friends' birthdays. That's it. So it's very much just something that I enjoy uh, for myself. I uh, love to go to the gym as well. And the classic one, you know, socialize with my friends. But, you know, it's important. That's, uh, that's a big love of mine. So, so yeah, mm-hmm. those, those have been my main outside of work things that I love to do. And, I, you know, as cliche as it sounds, I love a, uh, I love a good walk or weekend in nature as well. It's always it's always important when you're sat in front of a computer screen for 40 hours a week plus so yeah, yeah. I, t- I totally agree with you dude and I'm, i've learned quite a lot of new things about you so first and foremost up in north london and a bedroom dj just out of curiosity because neil outside of sales spits mm. bars as an mc what, what's your genre what are you mixing in your room dude yeah it might, might be a, bit, a little bit disappointing for you there but it's, it's more of the uh sort of house and techno uh side of things so um so yeah maybe maybe not the right thing for spitting over the top of but um but you never know perhaps uh hip-hop r&b uh you know maybe i'll get a bit bored of uh the old electronic music and, and move that way at some point you never know you never know you never know okay uh, cogs are turning in my head because the reason i ask is maybe at some point in the future sales confidence and james if you're listening uh, has an after party for SDLs and BDLs. And imagine if we had Alex on the decks and we had Neil spitting some bars to some garage, I don't know, some house, some hip hop. Yeah, we could do it. So, uh, yeah, I'm planting the seed. I'm manifesting here right now. Love that, man. But uh, coming back to yourself again, uh, as we all know on this show, with all of our guests, ladies and gents, if you would like to connect with Alex to kind of pick his brain and understand, you know, talk even deeper on things that we talk about on today's episode, I'll always be putting their LinkedIn links within the show notes and we're going to be visiting our guests linkedin profile here so i highly recommend connecting with alex today uh, he posts a lot of great content out there he's been out to a quite a lot of events so if you're trying to figure out what event should i be attending to like when it comes to sales and tech make sure you check out alex and sales confidence but as we can see you are in the world of tech sales and you went through training with trainio you started with sales confidence as an sdr did that for a couple of months and you've most recently, congratulations, been promoted to an account executive. So Alex, kind of tell our audience, like, how did Alex get into sales? What's the journey and how did you end up where you are today, sir? Yeah, it's a, it's a funny one. So um, start, start college. So yeah, did uh, did subject. I, t- I chose subjects that really I probably had no business taking, to be honest with you, all kind of maths and science stuff, which I was quite good at with, you know, in GCSE. But a level was a big step up, and uh, I wasn't prepared to put the work in, so flunked those. Went and did an apprenticeship with my local council, um, which you know, I mean, it, you know, I'm very, I wouldn't change anything. It's built me into the person that I am today, or whatever <laughs> kind of stuff you want to say like that. But um, it was really, really dull, like horrendously <laughs> dull, and that was, yeah. Just, I was, yeah, it was just, it was just not fun, man. Like you know, and in in no way, um, and that was when I was about nineteen. So yeah, 19 until 25, I was at the council doing different jobs. I say I worked my way up the ranks. I never got to a particularly great position and I never had any aspirations of doing so, to be honest with you. Mm. It, um, you know, it, it wasn't at all inspiring. Um, but, you know, I made some, some great friends there and it was good fun. But I, about six years in, I was like, I've got to do something different. This is so mind numbing. Um, yeah. And I had people there being like, you should be somewhere else. You know, you should be looking mm. to do something else. This you're going to end up being here for 20 years or 25 years if you're not careful. Yeah. And that scared me. I was like, other people <laughs> saying it now. I was like, right, I really need to pull my finger out. Yeah. So I've got a friend who works uh, at AWIN and he was like, look, you should you should consider, you know, doing Trainio. Like, you know, it, it's it's a really, really good cause. A lady's just come to our team, you know, having done that. She's a single yeah. mom. She was earning absolutely nothing before. 
and now she's you know she's doing really really well and like yeah. you know, absolutely raking it in so i was like cool well look you know if a single mum is able to make the time in the evening to be able to do a course like that i can definitely do it as well mm-hmm. so i did train you two months that was in january this year yeah. finished in march and then very soon after made contact with venetrix uh the recruitment uh the, the recruitment guys who are partnered with us actually at my sales uh at my goodness me not at my- <laughs> yeah so i started um yeah so i i i went and made contact with venetrix who are obviously uh, our partners at sales confidence <laughs> and um yeah they basically said you know we've got something a little bit different for you um it's not kind of your usual um you know tech sales role it's mm. uh, it's a membership for other salespeople who work in tech sales. Yeah, I was I, you know at first I was a bit like, is this is this really what I wanted to to do? So I was like, look, no, you know everything's worth a look. So yeah. I looked there and I was like, actually this is this is really cool, mm. and like I could see the advantages of it straight away. I like James's mission, mm. um, and you know just the fact that you you know the exposure basically to all these other salespeople. I was like, this has got to be a winner. So mm. you know, and the rest is history. That's 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 how I uh, landed the job. So a lot of boring time spent working in my local government office, yeah. and a big revelation. I was like, I've got to get out of here. So that, that I would say that was the turning point. That was the pivot. I love that. I love it. And there's definitely a lot of things I'd love to unpick upon, pick apart with it within that journey. And there's a lot of things I can relate to because Neil, old Neil, used to work uh, in local authority as well in government. And yeah, I kind of now see it as that's where you go to die with your career potentially. Not everyone, but. Um, but let's kind of bring it back to that point. So, you know, at 19, working with the local authority, what sort of, if you don't mind me asking, and you don't have to say, what sort of departments or like what was the world within local government that you're working? Yeah, so my my apprenticeship, which I did there to begin with, was in HR. So mm-hmm. you can only imagine like quite how mind-numbing that was. Luckily, I had a really, really like lovely team, um, all all women, um and you know they were just they were just great they were absolutely lovely but no matter how nice they were it it couldn't make the job like you know less mind-numbingly boring you know it really really was like you know learning how to photocopy stuff and put it into you know filing cabinets I was I I thought they were joking when they were telling me like that's what I was gonna be doing and they were deadly serious yeah and I don't know the whole kind of like you know office just had this kind of like almost like nicotine stained 80s feel to it like you know they just never changed it from like 40 years ago or something it was really depressing so yeah HR apprenticeship to begin with I moved up to I got kind of like poached by someone in housing which sounds ridiculous because they poached me and put me on like an 18k (laughs) salary you know no disrespect to anyone there but it was just you know it was was a it's a funny time to use the word poached really for something that was so kind of low skill um so yeah housing and then I worked in housing maintenance and then I worked in uh social housing and homelessness and it was just you know I mean I suppose they were incrementally a little bit better from the last but um, yeah yeah it, it wasn't great <laughs> yeah bro like I I can relate to that on so many levels so let's go back to young and it's actually with for those listening and watching you can go back to episode one because I talk about my time within the council but there was things I didn't discuss which you've just reminded me. Mm. So I kind of dropped out of college and I needed to obviously get a job because my parents are like, you're not going to just be a bum and do nothing, right? Of course. So a lot of my friends and families, their families had worked in the councils and they always brought their children into the councils because 
it was a good salary, you had a great pension, and it was always that thing of, Neil, you can't go wrong in life if you have a government pension. And that's kind of what was sold to me. So I was like, all right, I ain't got no qualifications, whatnot. So it's a really good place to, you know, start. And mm-hmm. to your point, work your way up. Because I'd known people personally that worked there for 20, 30 to 40 years, and that was their life. And I kind of started off in what we call the scanning and indexing office. So anytime somebody sent in a claim form for housing benefit or council tax or a complaint, we were the admin people that would open all those letters, put them in a photocopier and then get scanned into the council system. And bro, there were some people that really hated the council. So sometimes we would open letters that had been urinated on, fag butts, ashes and all of that sort of stuff. So I was literally like in the coal mine. And, you know, our office was... um mainly female-led, and most of our managers, I remember Ruth, love her to pieces, but it was this kind of, like, clicky sort of vibe. And then you had the other departments, like the the, the call centre, and what you would aspire to do is you'd start off in scanning and indexing as the bottom, and you'd look to go into other departments if you ever saw an opening and you ever had the chance. So for many years, I would read housing benefit and council tax forms and see how people would put in their income, how they would get assessed, and you know, I'd read up on stuff and deal with sensitive information. And a lot of my friends would work in the call center and they were just like, no, there are just so many angry people out there in the world. And I'd think, oh, do you know, maybe I want to do that. Mm. Uh, But similar to you, I got poached and I got taken into housing benefit and council tax benefits. So my job was to actually then assess the claim forms that I'd been reading for years in photocopying. And I did that for about four or five years, but simply put Alex to kind of wrap this up. My job was to learn how to assess these benefit forms and income then write correspondence official letters to people to tell them the outcome of their assessment and i had to learn about law and you know clauses and acts and housing acts and all that sort of stuff so it was kind of like my learning moment of stuff that i didn't get in college you know this was real Mm. work experience but then it got to the point where i'd then have to start interviewing claimants right so i'd have to meet mums dads people that just get uh, left college or come out of university and all of this but doing this for four years I kind of came to a very depressed state because I would meet people that would be in you know genuine financial hardship and need Mm. help from the local authority um but then I met people that just didn't want to freaking work and this was the saddest point that I realized where you know let's just say Mr or Mrs Smith would come in to claim in the housing benefit and then Junior Smith has now reached the age of 18 and decided to move out of mum and dad's house. And they came mm. into the benefit office and I would be like, so what's going on with work? And how's that? I said, well, realistically, I'd be better off on benefits rather than going getting a job and having to pay housing, you know, rent and all of that stuff. And the reality was that was very true. Yeah. And I just found that so depressing. You know, it really got to me to put, imagine meeting 50, 30 people a day, just that type of conversation. I was like, bro, this just, this isn't life. And the coolest thing was back then I was a geek on anything techie and like the iPhone just came out. It was the iPhone 3G. This is how old I am, right? Yeah. And when this came about, Neil was a guy in the department that just kept going on about this iPhone. And, you know, eventually 40, 30, like 15 to 30 people bought an iPhone because I wouldn't shut up about it. Mm. And then one day, one guy called Michael, who's actually funny enough, a DJ, shouts out Michael MA1. He walked past and he said to me, Neil, do you work for Apple? Are you on their sales payroll? Do you earn commission? And I was like, no, I'm not, bro. But I was like, ooh. 
and that's when it clicked about sales and that's how I kind of got into it. But, you know, coming back to you where you're like, all right, I need to get out of here. No offense to the team. I love them. But I just wanted to know, were there any skills that you learned in that time of local authority that, you know, potentially helps you now, do you think? Yeah. Well, yeah, hundred percent. I mean, like, so, so when similar to you, right. When I was working in the, in the kind of call center part of like the maintenance um, place where, you know, to give, to give anyone that's listening a bit of context, like anyone who's living in a council house under our kind of jurisdiction, our area, they had a problem, you know, whether it be kind of like a cosmetic one or, or something structural, more serious asbestos, whatever it is, they'd call us, we kind of work out what we need, you know, whether it be a plumber, you know, a carpenter, mm-hmm. et cetera, and what parts they're going to need, et cetera, as well. And then send that person out on an agreed date. And, you know, so one of the things I learned was kind of like follow-ups, right? Um, mm. Making sure that people are going to be there and like calling them two days before to ensure they're going to be at home, you know, when, you know, when the, when the person comes around, because a lot of the time they wouldn't be, and it was a huge waste of our time, resources, yes. et cetera. And then also like the main one is just resilience. Like, you know, don't get me wrong, still suffered massively with cold call anxiety when I started this role, just because it's, it's, it's a different thing, you know, you're, mm. it's a different kettle of fish. You're trying to please a different type of customer. Yeah. When someone's calling you about a repair in their house, you know, they need you to do it. So you kind of just crack on with it, whatever the case Whereas when you're selling something to someone, you know, you know, it's relevant to them. You don't know whether they're going to be interested or not. So you know, you feel a little bit more like it's me calling you now for, for, mm. for kind of my interest and I can help you with something, right? Because it's like, you know, I get cash for mm. making it, you know, for making a deal, but mm. I want to know that I'm also helping someone. Whereas mm. at, the, at the council, it was my job. There was no commission. Someone's mm. calling me, telling me they've got a problem. I'm helping them. You know, that's yeah. that's kind of, I'm helping them in both cases, but in a different Context. kind of way, if you like. They've yeah. approached me, I suppose, is the better way to put it. So, um, so yeah. And, you know, a lot of those people are calling up, they're really angry, like angry doesn't cut it for some of them, you know, (laughs) they feel like, you know, I pay my rent, I pay taxes, um, you know, and, and why has my property not been fixed, you know, two weeks ago kind of thing. Mm. Um, so definitely learn to deal with kind of like resilience. Um, and I've definitely had, you know, my most angry phone call, my most angry phone calls, I should say, like, you know, hundreds of them. Um, just in that you know year and a half that I was working in that particular department mm-hmm. so I kind of feel like I've had the worst that I can get yeah. in that sense you know so while the cold calling anxiety is still there when I'm calling now mm-hmm. it's you know it's, ne- it's never going to be as bad or as rude or as kind of sometimes even like scary as some of the stuff that people say to you you know when you're in that role yeah. Um, yeah. so yeah that I'd say those are the two main things resilience um, and, and you know and just you know keen mind for follow-ups basically I love that. Love. You're right, because like upon reflection, um, working in that sort of environment, because it was a very official, you had to do everything by the book, you had correspondence, etc. So me, yeah, similar to you, like it was the follow up. So after an assessment, writing the documentation, putting it in the post, letting them know what's going on, having to call them about a tough situation. And bro, like, <laughs> uh, sometimes when working within that council, you had very angry people that would come to the assessments booth and smash the window because they were so irate with things not being fixed or getting a response. So you had to learn an element of customer service, you know, how to deal with angry people and help bring them back down. And I think, you know, as a housing benefit officer that did assessments, I had to learn qualification, how to qualify people. Are you a fit for this? What's your circumstance? What's the background? 
So I think the point that I'm trying to get on here is it's great to meet somebody else which has come from that background because there are transferable skills that you can take from other jobs that can definitely help and benefit within sales. But as you alluded to earlier, you had a friend that worked within, I think, Awin Global. Is, is that it? Correct, yeah. Yeah, and they were saying like, come to the dark side, bro. Come to sales. This is where it's at, right? Mm. What was your initial thoughts in your head about getting into sales? What was your preconception of what sales was from your mate before you actually got into sales? Yeah, so my preconception was that uh, you can make a heck of a lot of money doing it. Um, and, you know, the, the phrase that he kept kind of using, not not phrase, but kind of like, way of looking at it was was the the effort that you put in will be directly you know correlated to to the to the, the cash that you get uh yeah. in that next month's commission check basically so um i quite like the sound of that i was like yeah cool i kind of like that you can not really like choose how much you earn but like you know your effort will be will be pretty um you know kind of related to, to how much money you're getting back basically um so i like that you know that was that was nice for me considering that you know I would always try and sneak in a bit of overtime at the council and it, you know, mean an extra time like overtime. Yeah. I remember them days 40 quid a week or something, you know, yeah. like, you know, hardly anything really for, um, for a few hours work. And it was like, is it even worth me spending my, my free time doing that just to make a little bit of extra money? Like I might as well just enjoy the time really for, for yeah. that kind of payment. Uh, whereas, you know, sales is a different kettle of fish as we both know. So hundred percent. And that's actually tweaked something <laughs> in my brain because, uh, for anybody that's listening, if you ever leave local government, <clears throat> make sure that you keep your pension and don't ever get rid of it or try to amalgamate it with other pensions because that shit is cool and it will set you up for life. And I've just remembered I need to call the old council to say what's going on with my pension. Um, but when you said, um, you know, you met up with Venetrix, so you've approached this, you know, they're great recruiters, especially in the tech and SaaS space. How did that introduction come about and what was that experience like? going through with them to then find a place do you know what i actually i actually can't remember i think it was so i finished i finished i'm just thinking i can't remember how that that actual introduction came about but i finished trainio and i thought to myself like you know what i like the selection of companies that that trainio is currently partnered with that they're working with hmm. um but I, I also want to look at the same time for myself because yeah. you know, i don't know how long it's going to take these guys um to help me to help me get a job and you know they're doing great things but i i was like you know there were 30 odd people in my cohort alone i'm like that's a lot of people to, mm. be, to be looking at um and helping so i was like i'll let them help me but i'm also going to do my own thing as well yeah so it's, i can't remember how this worked out but i, I contacted benetrix i think i contact yeah i'm sure i contacted them yeah um and yeah i spoke to natasha and i also spoke to emily Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we took things from there and yeah, that was when they told me like, yeah, this one's a bit different, but mm. we think it might be a good fit for you. Um, and that was, that was sales confidence. I love that. All right. So shouts out to Venetrix, Elaine and the whole, the crew out there. They're the great people. Um, and I've sent a lot of people their way in the past. Uh, so you then presented with this thing called sales confidence and there's this guy called James Ski at the top of this. What was the pitch of sales confidence to you? And how did they pitch it as a role? Because truth be told, I always saw just James, Elaine, like working with Shabri and all these other people. But it was the first time I actually saw a dedicated team member with the word SDR behind them. And I was just like, oh, this is new. So how was it? How was it? How was the job pitched to you? I'm just curious to know. Yeah, I mean, it was pitched in a, in a way that where, like, you know, as I said, just a moment ago, they were kind of like, this isn't this isn't your usual, um, you know, SaaS kind of tech 
that you you know you're just going to sell tech that's going to help people do this this and this and solve this this and this they were like you're going to be helping the people that do that right so mm. you know it's it's still very much a you know we have a you know we are we are in some ways a, a technology platform as well because we have the circle which is the sales confidence platform yeah. um, but really we are we are a membership and mm. you know we are there to to help people perform better in their roles in their tech companies right yeah um so that's kind of how it was pitched to me um and you know they told me uh, so couple of days in the, a week in the office you know you mean working very closely um with with james uh you know you're you're, you're the founder mm-hmm. uh i said tell you what the one thing they told me that, that kind of knocked me at first uh if i'm being completely honest was yep. that they were kind of like look this isn't you know you, you said you were looking for something with uh you know kind of a lot of fun and culture you know my image at that time of like the 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 kind of tech classic tech office with your ping pong table and like the <laughs> laid out and stuff, yeah. um, you know, which was really important to me at that time, but I'd never experienced it. And that's probably why, cause you know, having, you know, you know what a council office looks like. It's yeah. <laughs> Something completely different. It's mental. So yeah, yeah, I think I was excited for that. Um, but really, you know, I've kind of come to realize now that the more important thing is how a company is going to develop you, what they're going to invest in you. Mm. That's so much more important than, you know, bright fancy lights and an office that looks like a we work don't get me wrong i've worked in a few and it is good fun and it's yeah. really nice to be fair but i think there are other things that are far more important mm. so that's how they pitched it to me anyway sorry i went off a little bit there no, no that's cool that's 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 how they that's how venetrix kind of um described sales confidence role to me i love that and i think that's an important point uh to raise of what you're looking for when you're going for that first tech job and somebody that's recent experience this year with yourself so you know, I've been coaching uh, quite a few SDRs this week where they're job hunting and they're seeking, and I'm as a coach, getting them ready for the interviews, you know, what to discuss, the follow-up and all of that. But I did come across one coachy where they're really adamant to get within a certain sector. They want to get an SDR job. They want to progress into the AE. And what I kept hearing from them, James, was, you know, I want to work in this space. I want to work for a company that's doing this, 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 this. And the thing that I kind of said to them was the thing I'm missing the most is your why. Like, what is the driving force behind wanting to do this, right? Because if I go back to myself working in a local council, my why was I don't want to see myself working in the council for the rest of my life. And that's where I go to die and retire. Yeah. Also, my why was I wanted to earn more money than I was earning back then. And I want to set up my future and be, you know, secure. But also... I wanted to do something that that my friends and family weren't doing, you know, like I didn't want that stable life. I wanted something more exciting and everything like that. So I was kind of saying to this person, like, what's your why? So I'm curious to know from your point of view and opinion, when an SDR or somebody is looking to an SDR to go into the job, what things should they be considering of what they want from that job and why they're going for that job? What what would you say was yours? Yeah. So mine's a bit of a funny one. I think because I... You know, at school, I was always kind of like put into to quite good sets, you know, kind of like high, higher sets sort of thing. But I, I, I couldn't work. I, well, that's rubbish. I didn't want to work. Like, yeah. I did not want to work at all. Uh, I had a terrible work ethic. I just distracted everyone around me. Um, and that was all the way right through to, yeah, you and me yeah. both, mate. Well, yeah. that was all the way right through to the end of uh, college. Like, just all the way through my education, I was, I was so like, you know, difficult to work with for teachers, for my, you know, for my classmates, etc. 
Um, and that meant that I just wasn't very competent. You know, I had the, mm. the intelligence there, but I just, I couldn't be bothered to work and I didn't want to put work into anything. Mm. So for me, then going from that to working in the council where, you know, I could do my job fairly easily, but it wasn't very fulfilling. Mm-hmm. For me, one of the, my main whys, and I haven't really heard many people say this before, is I really wanted to prove to myself that I can be competent at something. That was really, really, really important for me. Mm. And that's why when I like moved up to London this year, got the job with sales confidence, I was like, this is it. Like, I've, you know, I've made like a, I've put myself out of my comfort zone here. Now it's time I really, really want to prove to myself that I can be good mm. at, you know, a, a single role or yeah. good in the career of sales. I want to, I want to prove to myself I'm competent. I love that dude, because, you know, a lot of us may do things in life with jobs and careers to seek validation from friends or family to say, well done, Alex, you did a good job. And, you know, unfortunately I was one of those people. I just wanted to show my parents, okay, I dropped out of college. I worked for the council, good money, cool. Now I'm doing sales. And they were like, no, you shouldn't be doing that. And you know what, 15 years later now I'm running my own biz. I'm like, I did it, but I don't do it for them. But I've now come to the point, as long as I'm happy with that, as long as I can prove to myself that I did something that I didn't think I could do, I think that's very important. So, you know, it's all nice having the the props from people around you celebrating your successes. But to your point, you want to prove it to yourself. And I love that. Um, And coming to back to, you know, sales confidence, as as I said earlier, first time that I ever saw that sales confidence had an SDR. And I was like, oh, that's different. And, you know, with a lot of SDRs that come onto our show, they talk about onboarding like the first couple of months. So it's like, going out to the HQ, learning about the product, learning technical stuff, listening to cold calls, watching demos. But obviously that might be a bit different to sales confidence. So what was it like the first couple of weeks and months? What was your onboarding like? I'm really curious to know. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, it was, it was different. It was, it was definitely different. Like, um, so Stevie and I were, so that was, that was Stevie, Stevie Griffiths, who is now working with Cognizant. She and I started at the same time, we had like this amazing sibling kind of like rivalry. We just got <laughs> on like a house on fire. Yeah. Um, I've seen her recently as well. And it's just, it's mm. great to see her grow um, also. Uh, but yeah, we started at the same time. I wouldn't say we were like pioneers, um, you know, like the, the, the you know, the, what, what do you call it? What's the word for it? The Where founding the, members. Founding, that's it. Thank yeah. you. Founding SDRs, right? So because Vitaly Costas, um, who is still with us at Sales Confidence, doing some different stuff other than sales now, um, kind of like marketing and 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 um, kind of content stuff. Mm. Um, he'd already kind of been, he'd gone from being kind of like James's extra pair of hands, like, you know, helping James out to then sort of progressing into the first SDR role where he was kind of doing some, some more kind of like basic SDR work. And then he kind of developed into doing emails and stuff. So I wouldn't say we were the founding SDRs, mm-hmm. but we kind of had to find the process a little bit more. Yeah. Um, so I would say that that's what the first couple of months were were like. You know, we did some training um, with Sonia and we also kind of did some stuff with James too. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was it was tricky because James had a lot going on. He was in Australia yeah. um, and, you know, he kind of, there, there was an element of kind of like, you guys are going to have to figure it out. He did give mm-hmm. us the leeway as well. Like, bear yeah. in mind, it was very much, he wasn't like, figure it out, here's your target. He was like, you know, <laughs> He gave us a good amount of time to kind of like figure things out, what we were doing. We're doing our training with Sonia. But um, just to give you like an idea, the SDRs that have joined us very recently Mm. had a very, very different experience to to Stevie and I. And that's not necessarily that it was more more difficult or or less difficult. 
I think Stevie and I just had to do a bit more figuring out basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so I say, yeah, first couple of months was events, you know, meeting the the community that James had built, mm-hmm. training with Sonia, and then kind of like desperately trying to get decent at, at making a cold call and sending mm-hmm. out an email and all this sort of stuff. Um, okay. So yeah, that was that was the first couple of months at Sales Confidence. It's hashtag startup life, right? That's just that's that's basically like a baptism of fire, as we said, as we said on the show many a time. But it's it's really cool to hear that because you know you weren't left your own devices, but there was this element of autonomy where you have to kind of build things, and you're doing it with your members. You're getting training. You're speaking to the foundry. Said, okay, this is kind of the path you should go, but you need to kind of bring your own sort of game to that as well. So it's kind of like the advice that I give to a lot of SDRs is. There is a difference between a startup and a scale-up and an established, you know, enterprise-led company. Mm. The startup life, it can be crazy as fuck. <laughs> like, there may be not a lot of structure, but it's people such as yourself as the founding members that then path the way to others that come on board. And you can always say to them, like, dude, it was not as easy as it is for you today as it is for me. Yeah. And, you know, scale-ups, um, sometimes it's a bit more structured, but there can be some loose edges. But when you go into, you know, an enterprise-type company where it's really established and all the rules are there you know, that's when it can become like the council, like it's just a, a job. You go into nine to five and some people enjoy that sort of life. Mm. But obviously you're somebody in the world of events and a lot of uh, SDRs that I coach are forever going to events. And the question that I get asked as a coach is, Neil, I'm going to go to an event. What would be your tips and advice going to this event? And obviously I can always give my two cents because I love events, right? But for somebody that's working in the events, and let's just say an SDR has come into an event to network or potentially mm-hmm. to generate leads, are there any best practices or tips you could share, Jay? Alex? Yeah, I would say, number one tip I would say is, 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 you know, speak to as many people there as possible. And that's kind of kind of twining with my with my tip number two, which is don't get bogged down in conversations you don't need to be in. Mm. trust me no one is going to think that you're and actually if they do think you're rude then um then you know i I say that's on them as long as you're being polite and kind of exiting there's many ways to leave that conversation maybe say hey i've just spotted someone on the other side of the room that i I have (laughs) like you know already arranged to meet tonight just over there i'm just going to quickly jump over and I'll, i'll i'll come back and chat a bit really nice to meet you but this is something i've learned and i'd say honestly having been at sales confidence for eight months now coming up to nine months um yeah, I would say, honestly, I've only just got good at this in the last like three events. Before mm-hmm. that, I would always get really bogged down in, you know, and, and that sounds really horrible saying bogged down. But, you know, when I'm there and I want to speak to maybe someone that I've just signed onto the membership and I want to like kind of make sure that they're having a really good event and I want to, mm. you know, focus a lot of my time and energy on them and I can't get around to them because I'm, you know, speaking to, you know, someone who works in you know marketing who I'm having a really nice conversation with, but I know that it's only 10 minutes until James starts speaking. I really want to speak to this person before James starts speaking. I know I've got to kind of politely go, hey, I'm really sorry, I just need to quickly go and grab a word with that person. But I would really recommend getting good at that because there's a huge difference between going to an event and speaking to five people and speaking to 25 or 30. You know, it's like making 25 or 30 cold calls, five cold calls, you know. Chances are you're going to, you know, book a couple of meetings or or have a couple of really fruitful conversations with people, Mm. um, you know, when you have 25 calls as opposed to five. Um, I so I'll that. think about it like that. I love that. That's, that's some solid tips there as well. And I think, you know, um, kind of like icebreakers as well. Um, <laughs> I either do it in two ways. One is 
I'll run, I'll bump into a random person. I'll be like, I get really nervous meeting new people at the event. What about you? And it's kind of like the vulnerability approach of like, hey, mm-hmm. I'm new. I'm feeling a bit out of depth. What about you? Or I talk about saying, oh, did you watch that chat or et cetera? And then another one is like, what what's brought you here today? You know, it's an open-ended question to figure out where they're at. And I think, you know, sometimes there are some people that love to talk like me. Uh, and there are some people that are quite, you know, closed off. And I think to your point, like when you're trying to eye a room, you know, I want to go chat to that person. Like I need to kind of cut this conversation in. My, my technique is like, so yeah, Alex, this has been really good. Um, why don't you have me on LinkedIn? Here's my QR code. Have it. I said, wicked cool. Um, maybe we should talk after the event. I said, anyway, lovely meeting you. And I shake their hand and then I just dart off to go get the next person that I want to speak mm. to. But I love how you said it. It's like cold calling, but you're actually doing it face to face. And I think the more face to face events you do, I think that can help reduce the anxiety of cold calling because then you're just like, actually, I'm not in front of them where, you know, they could see if I make a mistake or something, but on a call, it's a bit more easier. I love that. Okay. So, you know, we're, we're coming towards the end of this beautiful chapter. Let me just ask you, um, you know, to give help out to sales confidence, because I think you guys and girls are doing some awesome things. If I was a brand new sales rep Mm. and I saw the word sales confidence, why should I come along or why should I be part of that membership or why should I be part of that community in your own opinion? What would you say to them? Okay. I would say you should come along if you want to connect with other people who also want to develop themselves. Actually, do you know what? If you want to connect with other people, full stop, people (laughs) in your sector, people who are potentially going to provide you with leads in the future or information that's going to help you or friendship. You know, some of the people that I'm connected with from events I don't have any kind of like, you know, kind of business relationship with them as such. You you know, they're just people that I really enjoy being around. They're also Mm -hmm. in the same sector as me and I look up to them because they're doing good things. Uh, So it could be as simple as that, but definitely in terms of developing yourself as well, learning new skills, you know, learning from other people. Like what is the best way to, to develop yourself? Learn from like this person who's really good at this, this person who's really good at that. You know, you got someone else who's really good at like, you know, scaling cold emails, you know, in a way that still personalizes them, you know, and you're like, how do I do that? I'm really struggling with that. They can tell you in like five minutes and then they can tell you again, more detail, you know, two weeks later because you've built that relationship with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think just for me, the last thing I'm going to add personally, the thing that I've struggled most with since starting is not my skills, it's my mindset. Like mm-hmm. I am the person who gets bogged down from two 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 days in a row that didn't go how I wanted them to, that that can kill my week. Yeah. So that's been the most fundamentally important thing for me since joining is getting getting on top of my mindset and having more of a bird's eye view over my month or quarter yeah. rather than getting locked in on that day. Yeah. Sales confidence has been has been you know absolutely fundamental in, in helping me make that change. So um that for me personally is is the best thing that's the that sales confidence has brought as well as a job you know and a salary <laughs> i love that i love it and you're right you know having that ability to you know like you said you like you can get so bogged down and blocked into something but having the ability to like zoom out and look at the bigger picture takes a lot of practice and you know sometimes it's hard when you care about something so so much and obviously with our audience and listeners just to let you know that i'm not paid by sales confidence we're not affiliated yet Um, But I have to give an admission here because a lot of our guests that I have to prospect 
come from the sales confidence top lists of top 50 SDRs, top SDR managers. You guys provide me literally like a lead list of guests to go get. So I uh, just want to say a massive shout out to the sales confidence family. That's why I wanted to ask, what does sales confidence do? Um, but let, let's think back to yourself, right? So you're this 19 year old dude, um, you know, doing this apprenticeship, working in the local authority, and you're just about to embark and you're just about to go meet Benetrix to, you know, kick off a sales career. What three bits of advice would you give to that younger Alex? Okay, cool. So I would say number one, uh, if so, this is just this is before I've kicked off my career or once I've started as an SDR. So uh, just there's that young guy. He's you know working in the local authority. He's not sure if this mm. is where he wants to be for the rest of his life, and you want to be able to give him three bits of advice as your future self. What would you say to him, Alex? Okay, stop worrying for a start. Like. The world, you know, the world is not going to end. You will find something that you want to do at some point, most likely before you're 30. But even if it's not, it doesn't matter, mm-hmm. right? And I really worried. I felt like time was running out and I was like 19 years old, you know. It's like I look back on that now and I just laugh. Like, oh. <laughs> um, I would say the other thing would be to be more ballsy and mm-hmm. don't and stop, stop worrying so much about qualifications and things like this. A lot of stuff can be done just by pure tenacity like Mm. messaging the right people being present showing up like um you know showing willing and interest like that goes a heck of a long way 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 further than people think it does Mm. um and a lot of stuff that i learned on trainio has taught me that you know kind of like actually reaching out contacting after your interview make sure you're the name that's sticking in their minds that's that stuff really helps honestly yeah um so i'd say those two things what's the last thing i could say so don't worry um kind of like you know be more proactive with your outreach um you know in terms of getting jobs and being known in places um something else i would say oh i'm struggling now oh yeah try try and i'm not talking about like trying hard that's Mm. obviously important too but give things a stab like there's so much stuff that i could have tried to do career-wise i'm kind of glad i didn't because i'm happy in sales now but you know while i was really miserable all those years um at the council i think try different things like you you can try a career do it for a few months and and if you don't enjoy it who, who does it affect it doesn't affect anyone else you know it, no. it shouldn't affect you either you just go cool that's mm. that's i now know that that's not for me you know and i always always so scared to actually go out and try something new and have mm. that experience but really like that's if you're not sure what it is what you want to do and you're not one of those kind of blessed people who's kind of like i know that this is my my calling mm. then try different things you know try different industries different sectors and see what see what works for you like that's really really important Uh, it helps you you know objectify out the roles that you don't want to be in so i would say those are the three things i i I would give myself as advice number one has got to be don't worry though like things do work out like you know um you know even if it takes a little while they will I love that, dude. And just want to try something on my camera to see if this works here because I need to give a bit of a celebration towards oh, nice. that, dude. That, that was awesome. Well? Awesome. That's I'm that, not sure if it, it might no, do. Might not. Cool. I'm not sure. <laughs> that's fine. But uh, last and but not least, um, are there any shout outs or kudos that you'd like to give on today's show, Alex? Yeah, everyone from the Sales Confidence crew. We've just brought on two more new SDRs as well. So, you know, we're the, the oh man, I love that one. That's amazing. Um, so yeah, seriously, we've got like, um, a proper budding team now. Um, it's amazing. It's so much nicer to have kind of like that energy when you go into the office, um, and you know, the new SDRs 
although they feel like they're kind of like, you know, learning from James and uh, and David are one of our new AEs as well. Um, and myself, Fergus mm-hmm. tells me, um, I really feel like I'm learning a lot from them. Yeah. Um, and they're really inspiring me to to work harder, basically. So that's really nice. Love it. Well, James, thank you very much for that. And a massive thank you to our listeners, watchers and subscribers for joining us on Alex's journey and episode today. So as a gentle reminder, you'll be able to find Alex's LinkedIn profile within the show notes. And, you know, I'm going to say this, if you want to learn more about sales confidence, I'll also put some information in the show notes as well. And you can check them out and see what memberships they offer in the packages they have as well. Um, But equally, if you're listening to this on your local podcast platform, please make sure that you give us a rating and subscribe. And if you're watching this on our YouTube channel, please make sure that you like, comment and subscribe and share. If you feel that anybody could get benefit from Alex's episode today and the insights that he shared with his career, please get it out there because we want to help out as many more SDRs as possible. But Alex, it's been an absolute pleasure, privilege and honor to have you on, sir. And I hope one day you and me get on the decks and the microphone and get down on a sales confidence event. What do you think? Let's make it happen, mate. Garrett, I'm, I'm, I'm well up for some garage. So let's do it. Wicked. Love it. Well, dude, have a great day and a weekend. And most importantly, happy selling. Thanks a lot, mate. I'll see you soon. Cheers, Neil. Bye. Thank you for listening to the SDR Disco Call podcast today. We would like to get this message out to more and more sales development reps. So please like, comment and share in your local podcast provider. If you don't want to miss a show, you can always send a blank email to SDR Disco Call, one word, at bcast, which is B-C-A-S-T dot email, and you'll be added to our mailing list. We're also on the lookout for new guests, so if you work in the world of sales development as an SDR, BDR, MDR, or ADR, and feel that you have an important message or story to share, feel free to email us at podcast at happyselling.io, and we'd love to have you on board.